Chapter 24 Sweat dripping into his eyes, splashing onto his cheeks. Salty, stinging, sliding down his neck. Never used to sweat here. Too fucking dry. Sweating now, though. Swimming in it. Heart hammering, blood thundering through his ears, lungs all but seized. Finger on the trigger. Ready to fire. Drop it. Drop it. Drop it now. You don't have to do this. Arms and elbows jostling into him, bodies clamoring past, almost knocking him over. Steady. Keep your aim. Steady. Block out the shouts and the chaos. Keep her in your sights. Turning in a wide circle, waving the detonator so everyone can see. Looking. Everywhere. Her eyes wild. Face white and tear-stained. Shouts and screaming. A bell. Clanging. Somewhere. Clanging. Clanging. Somebody. Find that fucking bell. Her back to him. Now she turned. A clear headshot to the back of the skull. Wouldn't even see it coming. Drop it. Drop it, Camilla. Last chance. His own voice pleading. Begging. A scream or a whisper. Couldn't tell which. Turning. She was turning to him. Slowly. Too. Slowly. Too goddamn slowly. More than enough time to aim. Take the shot. Take the shot. Take the shot. Waiting for her to face him. Waiting for those beautiful eyes, those trembling lips. So young. Just a kid. Take the shot, take the shot, just take the fucking shot. No, Camila, not this time. Don't make me do it. Please, don't make me do it. Finger on the trigger. Ready for it. Her thumb over the button. A tiny movement of her hand. She was gonna press it. She was gonna press it. God damn it. She was gonna squeeze. Muzzle flash. Recoil up and back. An explosion in his hand radiating up his arm. Split second. Done. A bullet hole. Ink black and round as a dime. I'm sorry. Camilla, I'm so sorry. Jesus Christ, I'm so fucking sorry. Searching her eyes for forgiveness. Oh. Oh, Christ, no. No. Pain, searing, hot and vicious, hard, brutal, tearing through his gut, ripping him apart. Not her face. God, not Camilla's face. Not Camilla. Not Camilla. Oh, Jesus, no. Alexander. Eric's eyes flew open and he dragged in a great, gulping breath, like he'd been underwater for too long and needed to haul in air or die. He sat up in bed and clutched at his chest, feeling the pain in the same place he always did, feeling his blood surging through his veins and his heart galloping to keep up. The same panic, the same breathless, strident fear, the same sensation of never being able to take in a breath again. But this time... Something was different. There was a new kind of horror to this dream. A whole new layer of hell he hadn't experienced before. Jesus Christ. It had been Alexandra's face. Alexandra. With a blackened hole in the middle of her forehead and a trickle of dark red blood oozing down the bridge of her nose.
Alexandra, staring at him through lifeless eyes as he slowly lowered his gun. Son of a bitch! He dropped his head to his hands and willed the image away. His arms shook, and he had to clench his teeth to stop them from rattling out of his head. Bile rose up in his throat, and he retched, a trail of acid green spilling over his lips and onto the carpet. His stomach heaved and clenched and spasmed, wanted to cast up his very organs. Would this never end? Would this wrenching, god-awful torment never end? Having to see Camilla's face every night in his dreams was bad enough, but having to watch Alexandra take her place? It was unbearable. So little in his life had been absolutely beyond the limits of his strength, but this sure as hell was. He willed his breathing to slow, willed his shaking to stop, took deep, painful breaths and closed his eyes. It was just a dream, he told himself. Like a mantra, he repeated it over and over. Just a dream. It was just a goddamn dream. It meant nothing. It meant nothing. Except that was bullshit, and he knew it. It meant everything. Movement beside him made him look up. Alexandra. There, in bed with him. She had stirred in her sleep and was now flat on her stomach. Her arm draped over a pillow. Alexandra. Sated and spent from lovemaking. Cozy in his bed sleeping so peacefully beside him as though she would never find a safer haven than his arms. Just the sight of her began to calm him, whole and alive and beautiful, safe. He breathed in deeply and let his eyes take in every inch of her, let them linger on her the way they always had. She was so beautiful, so serene and carefree as she slept. Chestnut curls spiraled over her bare back and across the white sheet, and he wanted to slide his fingers through every one of them, curl every tendril through his hands, breathe in their scent, and feel their silken smoothness against his skin. His eyes drifted over her features, pausing at her lips, which were as plump and pink as her rosy cheeks, and he realized that he'd kissed her so thoroughly, so passionately, and for so long that her lips might be swollen for days. God, kissing her. There was such passion in her, such raw, uninhibited, yet sweetly innocent passion. Passion that she'd brought out in him, too. The kind of passion he'd never felt for anyone but her. He'd kissed her the way he always thought lovers should kiss, not as a twenty-second prelude to sex, but as a sensual, erotic experience in its own right. As a joining of minds, more than bodies. As a way to adore each other, before escalating to more intense pleasures. And if he was honest, it was a way to tell her things he couldn't say any other way. This woman, his woman, this woman he loved more than life itself, he had called her his heaven because she was. She was everything heaven ought to be. Comfort and peace, happiness and 
love, divine, perfect, almost inexpressible love. She was heaven. Heaven in cute little glasses, heaven with a sweet smile and, and a blissful body, and a loving heart. She could save him, he knew then. She could make it all go away. She could take away the pain and the sorrow and the grief. She could make him whole again. She could show him the kind of heaven he had long since given up hope of ever finding. But heaven wasn't for him, especially not if it dragged her down to hell. That dream hadn't meant nothing. It was trying to tell him something. He had taken everything away from Camilla, and now the dream was telling him he was in danger of taking everything away from Alexandra, too. He couldn't do that to her. How could he tarnish such a loving, giving, beautiful soul? How could he bring such darkness, such torment, such black, black misery into her life? He couldn't. He wouldn't. He simply had to let her go. He rose from the bed without touching her and went to the window, watching the last remnants of the storm lash the trees and splatter wet, heavy snowflakes against the glass. The sun was a pale, glowing smudge in the sky, sinking as the day drew to an end, its weak light dying as it fought the coming night. Alex awoke with a start, roused from a pleasant dream. She blinked up at the ceiling, and then around the room in confusion. Pale gray light filtered in through the window, casting the room in a dull, watery haze. The same kind of soft half-light in which she and Eric had made love, and then fallen asleep in each other's arms. Only something was different. There was a different quality to the light, and she realized with surprise that it was nearly dusk. They had been sleeping for hours, apparently. Or at least she had. She was alone in the bed. Eric sighed, rumpled but empty. Tucked beneath the heavy quilt, she was still deliciously warm, still effused with love and pure, breathless delight from making love. But with his vacant side, cold and forlorn-looking, she felt the need to be with him, to go find him in the shower and join him if that's where he was, or come up behind him in the kitchen as he cooked them dinner. Anywhere, it didn't matter. She just needed to put her arms around him and maybe lure him into another heart-stopping kiss. She edged off the bed and was suddenly gripped with a truly cavernous hunger. When was the last time she'd eaten? She couldn't even remember. She'd been living on sex for the last day and a half, and finally her body was rebelling, demanding to be fed. As much fun as a shower together would be, she sincerely hoped Eric was downstairs making his impossibly good meals. Just the thought of it made her stomach rumble even more loudly, and she slipped on this morning's discarded clothes before padding sleepily out into the hallway. The shower wasn't on, and the bathroom door was open revealing a starkly quiet, empty space. Eric, she called, pausing to yawn, and made her way down the stairs. Honey, where are you? There was no answer. 
just the quiet creaking of the cabin. She glanced out the dining room window as she moved towards the kitchen, noticing that the storm had passed. Even though the sky was still a turgid gray, the winds had died down and the clouds weren't nearly so ominous. Night was falling quickly, ghostly light beginning to shadow the room and make the furniture indistinct. She went into the kitchen, but Eric wasn't there either. The kitchen was empty and still, with the quiet repose of a room that hadn't been occupied in some time. Frowning, she turned and moved back through the living room to listen for the sounds of activity upstairs. Nothing. The first slivers of panic began to slice through her, but she fought them back, refusing to give in to her anxiety. He was probably just out for a run, she told herself. She moved through the living room to the front door and felt a swell of relief when she saw that his parka and boots were gone. She was right. He was just outside. He was just... She looked down again. His duffel was gone, too. Panic ripped through her and she reeled back, glancing up the stairs wildly as if she could somehow will him to still be there. She took the stairs two at a time and raced back to the bedroom they'd shared, the room that had once been his. She flung open the dresser drawers and the armoire doors with shaking, fumbling hands. Gone. His clothing, his gear, all gone. She tore out of the room and ran down the hall to the bathroom. Even his medication bottles were gone. No, 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 she whispered urgently. She flew down the stairs, her heart in her throat, and ran to the front door flinging it open and staring out into the darkening night. She stood in the doorway, breathless with fear, not knowing what to do. She brushed her hair out of her eyes and behind her ears and forced herself to take in a deep breath. The snow was vivid and bright even beneath the pallid sky, a sheen of pure white assailing her eyes as she tried to adjust to it. She squinted and put her hand up to her forehead. And there, in the distance... She saw him, walking down the hill, his duffel slung over his back, walking away from her. Eric, she cried out. Her lungs could barely move enough air to make the sound. Eric, wait. His figure kept moving, and she doubted he'd even heard her. Glancing around, she spied her cast-off boots from this morning, one sitting on the bottom stair and the other lying on its side on the floor. She scooped them up and hopped into them as she made her way outside and down the stairs. Eric! She called out desperately, crunching through the snow as the cold evening air stung her through her light clothing. But she ran on, stumbling through the heavy snow. Eric, wait! Up ahead, just at the crest of the hill near the end of the driveway, Eric stopped. He half-turned to look at her as she ran towards him, his face stark, pale, a study in pain. She ran up to him and stopped about six feet away, halted by the warning she saw in his eyes. What are you doing? she asked, her breath pluming out of her. Where are you going? He didn't say anything, just looked at her with large, dark eyes. Eyes that pleaded with her. Eyes that were hooded with remorse and guilt. And then she knew. Tell me you're not.
not leaving, she said desperately, stepping forward. You can't leave, Eric. Not now. I have to, he said quietly. No, you don't, she insisted, moving closer to him. She shivered, goosebumps dimpling her flesh. Her knees felt like they might give way any minute, and her stomach roiled. Go back inside, he said. Get warm. Not without you, she said, shivering. Come back inside with me. He took a step towards her, but stopped before he got too close. He gazed down at her, resignation in his eyes. I have to go, Alexandra, he said, his jaw muscle jumping. I'm sorry. I left the ATV for you in case you need it before Nick comes tomorrow. Why? She demanded plaintively, desperately. Tell me, why you think you have to go? Tears formed and spilled before she could stop them. Not that she wanted to stop them. She didn't care if he saw her cry, didn't care if he saw how weak she was. She let them fall and didn't bother wiping them away. And she saw his face grow even more pale, even more starkly, painfully bereft. It's for the best. I promise you'll understand that one day. Dizziness swirled through her, threatening a blackout. This couldn't be happening. Not after today, not after they'd made love, not after he'd shared his darkest fears and let her see his deepest wounds. After he'd finally kissed her so passionately, telling her he loved her with every sensuous touch of his lips. You don't have to do this, she said, her voice quavering. You can stay. I stayed this morning, he said, his eyes caressing her, his voice trying to soothe. I shouldn't have. Eric, don't do this, she pleaded, quelling the riotously sick feeling in her gut. We can still work together, I promise. If you'll stay, I promise we can just be colleagues again. We can just be friends. If you want, just stay. Please. He stepped closer then, and slowly lowered his head to press a gentle kiss to her lips. So whisper-soft, so poignantly tender. It was the sweetest kiss he'd ever given her, and it tore a hole in her heart. She moved to put her arms around him, but he pulled back, looking down at her intently. I can't. Alexandra, I'm so sorry. More tears spilled down her cheeks, blazing hot against her cold skin. Her voice shook as she spoke, and she tried desperately to find something to say to make him stay. Please, just... Just come inside and have something to eat. If you still want to go after we eat, I won't stop you, but please, don't leave like this. I'm sorry, he whispered, bending to kiss her again. His lips lingered and she whimpered, a sob threatening to break free. He pulled back and touched her face. I truly am. Then he turned and began to walk away. Panic slammed through her, hot and sharp and so violent she began to shake. She struggled for breath and stood, paralyzed with shock and fear and the wrenching tears that streamed down her face. She could only watch him leave, watch his long, powerful stride take him further and further away. 
But she had to do something. She had to say something, anything, something that would make him turn around and stay. Let me into... She called out, gathering strength even as her voice shook. Is there no Miskling? Don't leave me. Stay with me, my love. The words he had whispered to her, cradling her against him in the back of the van. The Swedish words that had spilled out of him, uncensored, unguarded. The words of his heart. The words she knew he'd understand and hoped would bring him back. He stopped walking and turned to her, his eyes flickering as shadows passed through them. She ran to him, holding her hands out to him, her eyes blurring with tears. Eric, she managed, though her lips trembled and she could barely speak. He didn't take her hands in his, he just stood there, looking down at her with small, glistening eyes. Then he stepped closer and folded her into his strong arms, hugging her tightly, squeezing her as though it was the last time he'd ever let himself feel her warmth. She clung to him, pressing a kiss to the bare patch of skin above the collar of his coat, so warm and comforting against her cold lips. She wept, sobbing quietly against him as he held her, murmuring her love for him, in Swedish, in English, in any language that would make him stay. But too quickly she was back on her feet and beyond the reach of his arms. We love each other, she pleaded as he started to back away. Don't throw it away, please. He gazed down at her with such gentleness, such tenderness, that her gut clenched even more. Then he bent to press another light kiss to her mouth before moving his lips closer to her ear. It will only hurt for a little while, Eskling. He whispered against her ear. I promise. He pulled away from her then, turned, and walked away. She sank to her knees in the snow, crying uncontrollably, hot, angry tears clouding her vision, until he was just a dark, blurred figure cresting the hill. And without turning back, without so much as a parting glance. He was gone.